I, uh, I really dig this particular passage from Luke that we're hearing today. And I know I say that often, but there's a lot of elements that I think are worthy of giving great attention to because it's not overtly stated in the text. You kind of have to look at what's going on and pull a little, a few more pieces out of the puzzle to really appreciate what we're hearing. Um, this journey that they were going on, bear in mind, Galilee's up towards the north of the territory, right? They say they're going up to Jerusalem. You always say you're going up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is higher in elevation. And so they're going up to Jerusalem, even if they're traveling south. That's the way that they would say this, okay? Now, you can go all the way from the Sea of Galilee all the way down to the Dead Sea by way of the River Jordan itself, right? Easy path. In fact, it's where you're going to probably have the least resistance to go. That's not the path that Jesus decided to take. In fact, Jesus went from Galilee and kind of from my way of looking at it, well, now it's all of our way of looking at it, he went up from here and then kind of swerved down through Samaria. It was a deliberate choice. It was intentional. On this journey, he encounters 10 individuals who have, well, they've been diagnosed with leprosy. Now, when we hear leprosy, we don't really think anything of that at all, right? You know, leprosy. Who gets leprosy today? In fact, there's multiple types of leprosy that you can get today. Um, but none of them are terminal in that kind of way. We have better treatments now. You don't put people out of society. But at that time, well, that's something that was regular practice. And let's be honest, we still do this today. We don't have leper colonies. But we do have control over housing prices, and when we do so, we direct where people are able to live and where they're not able to live. We have homeowners associations that dictate what your house can look like, and really how much it's going to cost for you, not just to have that house, but to actually reside within that house. I mean, really, these things are everywhere. These controls are everywhere. And so when I say leprosy, let's recognize that that big circle of leprosy could be anything. We do this in today's world all the time. Might be immigrants that we treat in this same kind of way. They don't speak my language. Well, you know what? I don't want them living near me. It could be just someone's general race. They may speak the English language far better than you, but they look a whole lot different than you. And so they get placed off on the margins of society. It may be someone who identifies as LGBTQ, or they're still trying to figure out what they identify as. Well, that confusion, I need none of that in my life. We're going to push that out to the margins. This is what society has always done. And we're not in a different place today. Jesus intentionally goes and encounters a place where he knows these individuals will be. Because keep in mind, there's nothing that Jesus did that was by accident, right? He's God, all-knowing, right? And so this encounter was not by chance. He doesn't go directly to them. He's near them, but definitely visible. And those 10 who see, well, they're intrigued. In fact, they're moved. They're moved by a desperate want. 
Now, when I hear that desperate want and that plea, I don't know about y'all, but I've definitely had points in my own life where, like, I'm hollering to God because I definitely need help. Where I can't quite continue to live the way that I've been living so far, and I recognize that I need a change, that I need help, that I need assistance in some way. That could be anxiety, that could be depression, that could be general just struggle of any flavor where you just need to call out to God. And I imagine that almost every single person here knows exactly what that feels like because you're here. Unless you're just checking off your Sunday box. In which case, see me after Mass. (laughs) (laughs) But there's that reality that that's kind of why we're all here. We recognize this. We're really good at praying when we need help. We're great at praying when we struggle. But here's the question, you've got half the equation right. You know where all that love, all that healing, all that help comes from. But do we give thanks in the good times? You know, when life is going really, really well, like we're on vacation, it's funny when I hear confession, oftentimes during the summer, the confession that is rarely there during the winter, but is often there during the summer, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I missed mass last week and I was on vacation. I was like, oh, vacation from Mass? That sounds interesting. And I'm like, no, I was on vacation. I'm like, I get it. Did you hear what I said? Because when it's good, well, Mass might not be the priority. Giving thanks to God may not be the priority. Because, well, the need isn't there. But that's really what we're looking to have our life be like. To be a people of thanks. To be a people of gratitude. But we're not there yet. So anyway, you got the 10, right? They're all struggling. They recognize, they address Christ. They come to Christ and Christ does what Jesus does and he gives them a request. What does he say? He says, go to the priests. Why would he say go to the priests? I mean, Jesus' previous interactions with priests, well, they haven't really gone so hot so far. Why did he send him to, or send them to them to do the work? Who probably was the one that sent them out of town to begin with? The priests. The priests would be the ones that would say, out with you, you are unclean. You are affecting the rest of my community. He puts on display that awful will too. I mean, that's, we see that. We know that that's how that happened. The ten didn't end up there by accident either. Someone sent them there. And so what Jesus asks is probably the hardest thing that any of them could possibly, not a single one of them would want to go see a priest. Are you kidding me? Heck, I'm a priest. And if you told me I had to go see a priest, I'd be like, um, hard pass. I mean, if I have to, I guess I will. But think about it. That's where they would be. It would be the last person they'd want to see. But they do it. They do it out of faith, they do it out of want, they do it out of hope, but they do it. And in that initial action, realize only one of them was self-aware of what had actually already happened. And in that self-awareness, it was done. He did everything. I mean, what he had asked had been completed. He could have gone off on his own. He could have done whatever he wanted. New life from Christ. Pretty great. 
What does he do? He turns back around and goes back to Jesus. He goes right back to that source that he knew was good. He was a little bit more self-aware. He took that and then what question that we all need to be asking ourselves on a regular basis. I want this, I want this, I want this. And then what? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to live it? What's that going to look like? How does that change the lives of others around you? This is what it means to be intentional in our Christianity. It's a willingness to go into those places where you will not be received. It's a willingness to go into those places where others are not well received. It's going into those places of challenge and confronting those most difficult things. But we recognize that when those things happen, that's where we encounter transformation. Is it easier to numb oneself, to forget about it, to escape into all kinds of other... Of course, it's easier to escape. But that's not where transformation happens. We have to recognize where all these little resistances are in our own life and eradicate them so that we can be as fully present and as fully focused as we're called to be. This is where the healing happens again and again. Not only within ourselves, but each and every person that we encounter. And so my siblings, on this Sunday, as we go forth, we emerge from these doors into mission territory. And you may be that only version of Christ that displays that love in the way it should be. May that love be abundantly vibrant. May it be welcoming and may it be healing. And while it is always challenging to love a little bit more, may that willingness to cooperate bear grace. May it transform all of our hearts and allow us to begin living out a reign of love and the kingdom of God here and now. Amen.